Are children spending too much time in front of a screen? Why are researchers asking parents to eliminate screen time in babies? And what are the benefits of reducing screen time? In today's episode, we'll address these questions and chat about media and child development with Dr. Kennedy. We'll also talk with a mother who tried out a one-week media-free challenge with her toddler. I'm your host, Cindy Hemington, and this is Curious Neuron. Welcome everyone to the Curious Neuron podcast, where we provide you with science-backed information centered around child development and education. Brain development, play-based learning, mental health, and much more will be covered. We will interview professionals and chat with parents. If you have any questions or comments, email us at info at Today's episode is sponsored by edX Education. At edX Education, they understand the importance of educational products in early learning experiences. They know that children's minds are curious and that they need to explore and experiment through play in order to learn, especially in the early years. I love the fact that they have been working with educational experts from around the world to develop educational products to fulfill children's needs at different stages of development, from 18 months to 12 years. My children have been playing with their geosticks and rainbow pebbles non-stop for weeks now. Usually I need to rotate toys to keep my children engaged, but they keep going back to these toys. If you are a teacher in primary school, these toys are also great for your classroom. So head on to edxeducation.com to find out where you can buy a set of geosticks or rainbow pebbles or any of their educational toys in your area. Today I want to focus our conversation on the early exposure screen time, meaning zero to five years. And this is because it's the time when the brain is developing most rapidly and the environment plays a huge role in the brain's development. Also, I want to focus on how we, as parents, can provide the best environment for our children. I understand that it can be difficult at times, you know, to get something done when your children are around. I had three kids in just under four years, so I understand how chaotic a household can become or how difficult it could be to make dinner. But today's conversation isn't only about providing you with information. I really want to focus on the how. So how can we reduce screen time? And I want to discuss how this could benefit our children. No one is pointing fingers today. After listening to this episode, if you realize that perhaps your child has been watching too much TV or you've been using screen time to keep them busy, it's okay. It's never too late to make changes. My first guest is Dr. Rebecca Kennedy, a physician specializing in pediatrics. Dr. Kennedy, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Sure, my pleasure. (laughs) So what are the recommendations for screen time in young children? So if you read the Canadian Pediatric Society recommendations, the screen time recommendations for kids under two is actually zero screen time. And for kids between the ages of two and five, it's recommended less than an hour per day. And when they say screen time, what what is meant by screen time? Uh, Screen time, I guess, could include anything on a screen. So the most obvious would be the television, but it would include two nowadays iPods, iPhones or any other electronic device uh, of that sort, I guess. Yeah. Okay. And would this include something like uh, FaceTime? Uh, Good question. So FaceTime 
as much as it's on a screen, is actually a lot more like real life. So FaceTime is almost like looking at a photograph. So it is on a TV or on a screen, sorry. But it's a little bit more like real life. The images aren't changing so fast. It's a little bit more static. So I would say that FaceTime would be considered different or or not like screen time. Okay. Why are researchers and pediatricians really warning against the use of screen time? I feel that my own generation, even born in the 80s, we watched TV and we mm. would watch, you know, Mr. Rogers and Mr. Dress Up and all these TV shows. Mm-hmm. And we weren't warned against, you know, having any screen time before the age of two. So what's the difference between 70s, 80s and now? Right. I think that's a really good question. I think there are probably some differences. Um, I think at the end of the day, I think um, watching too much TV back then and watching too much TV now is the same. I think TV can replace things that are better for kids, whether it's playing outside with your friends or um, doing an activity with your parents. I think TV back then and TV now can replace better activity. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there are some differences today that maybe didn't exist back then. I think simply as technology has changed, um, the nature of TV is a little bit different. I think historically, um, Mr. Rogers and Mr. Dressup were real people that were being filmed in real time. Yes. And so it was different. It wasn't like animation now, which is a lot of fast changing colors mm-hmm. and lights that is stimulating in a different way than Mr. Rogers or Mr. Dressup, which was more like real life, more like a photograph or more like reading a book. Like that FaceTime, um, the FaceTime example that you gave before, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. exactly. I think the other challenge though today is that screen time isn't just TV anymore. Screen time includes the parent's phone when they're sitting in the doctor's office waiting to see me, you know? <laughs> yeah. Do you <laughs> um, see that or, a lot? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, kids often, if they are not comfortable being somewhere, parents will bring out their phone or the iPad to entertain their child. Mm-hmm. So screen time today is really um, everywhere. It's something that they have with them all the time. It's something that is, uh, so the number of hours that kids spend in front of the TV is naturally increased because that screen can go with them wherever they go. Whereas historically, mm-hmm. like when I was a kid, you know, you have one TV in your house and it's in one room. And, and so we just tended to watch TV a lot less. There was also significantly less programming. So it's not like there were a thousand different shows on Netflix back then either, right? <laughs> there were true. two or three shows <laughs> that we couldn't record. You had to watch them at the time that they were showed. And yes. so again, <laughs> the access for a child was just dramatically reduced. So in the evening when kids came home from school, there probably weren't that many TV shows on for kids and anyway. Mm-hmm. So kids would get out and they would play as opposed to sitting in front of the TV. That's true. And do you discuss screen time with your patients or the, your, the, their parents? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, on my very, very first visit, so when I see a baby for the first time when they're two weeks or a mm-hmm. month of age, that's one of the things that I focus on on that very first visit because I think it's something that really does um, require for a lot of parents, especially if they're new parents, a little bit of a change of thinking. Um, so it's something I really try to challenge right from the get-go, so that very first visit. And then I do try to readdress it as the, those kids are growing up as well. Yeah. Okay. And do you think this is something that all pediatricians should discuss with their patients? Yeah, definitely. In fact, I follow the Rourke Baby Record. There's, um, it's a essentially a tool that we use as doctors who follow kids to follow the developmental milestones of a child as they're growing. Mm-hmm. And it's something that is um, listed, I think, throughout 
childhood, but it's something that's listed as a discussion point that doctors who follow kids regularly should be addressing at every visit. So absolutely, I think anybody who follows kids should have those conversations with parents, for Mm -hmm. sure. So when it comes to screen time in children, what short-term effects are we seeing? Uh, So it's a good question. I mean, I guess if we're talking about kids under two, when it comes to, you know, the concerns that that we have as doctors, why we say we shouldn't be um, exposing kids under two to screen time, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of concerns with the short-term effects. I mean, just looking simply at a a young baby. So as an example, when I'm explaining to that newborn parent that they shouldn't be putting their little one in front of the TV, part of it is just logical in my mind. So when I'm thinking about about an infant who's... um, 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 just developing. I mean, you're talking about a baby who is, um, you know, if they're a couple weeks or a couple months of age, they're really just learning how to take in their environment. So that baby's brain, the development of that baby's brain is really very, um, it, they're very new. Mm-hmm. So that baby is just learning how to recognize the difference um, in terms of their vision developing of their parents. So what mom looks like, what dad looks like, what a stranger looks like, what is somebody who is familiar, who is somebody who, or, you know, the difference between someone who's familiar versus somebody who is um, not familiar to them. So it's really, really basic things that that baby is learning to develop um, in terms of their vision and their hearing and learning about their um, surroundings around Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And so by comparison, a TV and and screen time and and video-based images is so much more stimulating than the normal environment that that baby is developmentally capable of processing. Mm -hmm. So again, in terms of the short-term consequences of watching the screen for those babies, I don't think we fully understand the impact on that baby's developing brain. But as a doctor, just logically knowing the development of that infant, I I just can't imagine that that type of stimulation is beneficial for them because that baby is really just learning some very, very basic things at that point. Mm -hmm. I think 18 months is a good is a good time to talk about actually. And and that's often the age that I use as an example for parents because um, as an example, so at 18 months, kids are, babies are starting to learn language, but they really haven't um, built their language yet. They're starting to experience frustration when they don't get something that they want. They're starting to um, experience um, boredom and that feeling of wanting to be taken care of by mom and dad or mm-hmm. wanting to be entertained. And so at 18 months, often that's where parents start to come into my office and say, well, it's just too hard to not turn the TV on because my child needs me all the time and I I need to make supper or I need to get the dishes cleaned up after supper or I just need 20 minutes to have a shower and dry my hair. And so they put the child in front of the TV because at that age, kids can seem quite demanding. And and kids at that age, too, they don't have the language development yet to explain to mom mm-hmm. and dad what they want. <laughs> and so they get mad. And that's sometimes where temper tantrums start. And so that's just that classic age where parents can have so many reasons to put that child in front of the TV, mm-hmm. to give them a bit of a break or to allow them to get some things done mm-hmm. because they think that that is just their only reprieve as a parent. And that, and that seems to be that perfect time where parents come to me and say look it's just too hard it's not realistic and yet when when talking about the consequences especially short term my argument to that would be that this is exactly the time where that child because of that that time in their development needs to learn how to deal with those emotions and with those feelings of boredom or with those um that time where they need to learn how to be a little independent because mom and dad need to get some things done and they so they need to learn how to 
sit and play on their own mm-hmm. or how to deal with the environments around them, how to, how to be bored for a little while and how to learn how to entertain themselves and not require something to entertain them in those moments. And, mm-hmm. and so again, you know, that's one of the short term consequences is if we're too quick as a parent to take our child in those times, put them in front of the TV to allow us to get some things done and not push through that developmental stage and, uh, for those kids, then they don't learn those things. So they don't learn necessarily how to entertain themselves because mom and dad have to get something done mm-hmm. or they don't learn how to um, observe the environment around them. You know, I think it's a great time in those ages when mom and dad have to get something done. If you have to have a shower or dry your hair, bring your kid in the bathroom so that you can shower and dry your hair and they can watch what you're doing and experience, you know, what what you're doing your daily in, life in that your, environment yeah, exactly <laughs> normal daily routine without just having to entertain them because they're not happy that you're not picking up or mm-hmm. picking them up or entertaining <laughs> them in that moment so yeah, yeah again I think um I think the, the short-term consequences that at, at all of those stages of development from a newborn to two years of age there are so many things that that kid needs to learn or so many stages of development that they go through that often parents will skip over or miss because they see those times as um, uh, frustrations or times mm-hmm. they need to entertain <laughs> their kid or, or um, yeah, yeah, which I think are missed opportunities to mm-hmm. teach, especially the, the kids in that older part of that zero to two age group, um, to teach them those skills of, independence and not needing to be entertained Mm -hmm. by something so have you ever um, recommended to a parent that they reduce or completely eliminate screen time in their home for their child yeah definitely I mean I I would probably say that I I recommend that every day sometimes (laughs) a day actually (laughs) because uh Well, because again, I see a lot of little ones and I see a lot of kids who are under two, you know, 18 month checkups. I see, you know, several probably a day or at least kids under two I see frequently. And so it's something I always ask about. And, and most parents are honest and which I appreciate <laughs> with my patients, but, um, and most parents will tell me, look, I just find it really hard to get stuff done if I don't turn on the TV for even a little bit of time every day, 15, 20 minutes or half an hour. And, and you know what, I think that's where being a parent myself has come in handy because I can use my experience as a parent to, um, to, to have some empathy. I mean, I, I definitely recommend or remember, sorry, I definitely remember um, those times of, you know, finding it difficult to know how I'm going to entertain my two <laughs> kids when I shouldn't have the TV on, and but I'm trying to get stuff done around the house. And, and yet, you know what, to be honest, I think for me as a parent, it took just a little bit of um, changing the way I think about those times. And, and so I encourage the parents of the kids in my practice, you know, if, if it's trying to get supper made that you're trying to do, then bring your kid into the kitchen, put them in the high chair, give them something to do right next to you so that they get to see what it means to cook. I mean, an 18 month old can, you know, sit up in the high chair next to you and you can give them a plastic knife and you can help them get them to help you cut vegetables. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, if it's drying your hair that you can't get done because you just got out (laughs) of the shower, well then, Again, you can bring an 18-month-old into your bedroom and dry their hair as you dry your hair. I mean, I think that there's creative ways as a parent to make it entertaining for your kids so that they get to experience normal everyday life without placing them in front of the TV so you can get those things done without them. I mean, mm-hmm. even even my kids now, I mean, 
you know, they help us clean up the dishes after dinner. And maybe an 18-month-old can't do that terribly well. <laughs> but they, they can certainly learn how to watch you do it. And if you're talking with them, you know, and engaging them in those times, I think it's still possible. Mm-hmm. And I, it definitely takes a little bit more creativity. And maybe it definitely takes more energy. I mean, I don't yeah. diminish that it's easier exactly. to put your child in front of the TV. But I think the rewards are definitely worth that little bit of extra thinking and energy. And at 18 months, I, I, my my trick with my son is giving him a spray bottle with water and a rag and he washes all the windows <laughs> <laughs> and that's his task. <laughs> he knows and he'll that's dust, dust the stairs too and <laughs> simple things, you know, that they yeah, are. Yeah. But that also allows them to contribute to what you're doing if you're cleaning and yeah, they help you out absolutely. or passing a Swiffer or um, emptying. He empties the dishwasher with me, but just the... Um, the spoons and forks that are like the Ikea plastic ones that he could right, put in his yeah. own bin. He knows where they are in his, in his drawer. So he's able to place them there. So I think there are ways around it. Like you said. Um, right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think there's always a creative way that you can get your kid involved in the little jobs and the tasks that are every day. Mm-hmm. And you know what, then it, then I mean, that plays, that pays off long-term for kids too. I mean, it's always the worst thing, you know, if we have a Saturday with our kids and and yet we have to do some house cleaning because company is coming the next day Mm -hmm. and our kids are always annoyed. Oh, well, we were going to do something as a family. And so we've learned how to make even those simple things like cleaning the house, something fun that we can do together as a family. Mm -hmm. And I think again, kids at that age are still so willing to have fun doing just about anything. And whether, you know, whether they're 18 months or they're five years old, I think, you know, that's true. I think kids can have fun cleaning the bathroom with us mm-hmm. if we if we make it fun for them because they don't know that cleaning the bathroom isn't <laughs> something that they shouldn't like yet. You yeah. know? So we can, I think we can still, I think parents can still make everyday normal life activities fun. I think it just mm-hmm. takes a different way of thinking about it. And is this what you did with your own family? You said you have children. You have, um, mm-hmm. two, so you have two children? I do. Yeah. I have a, th- a three and a half year old and a five and a half year old. And you followed the recommendations for screen time with them? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I can't say it was always easy. And so again, that's where I think I, I can definitely um, empathize with the parents who struggle. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think for us to, I, I believed in the guidelines from the beginning. I, I think I, I did enough reading before I had kids that it was something we really felt uh, was worth fighting for. And, and I think for us, it was just a matter of making a bit of a lifestyle change, too. I think a lot of parents, including us, before we had kids, the TV was on often. It was just on in the background. And mm-hmm. when we had kids, we just realized that it, that just needed to be something we changed. But we put music on in the background all the time instead. So it still filled that that void, that, you know, that sound that was there all the time before. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just got used to not having the TV on at all until our kids went to bed and so um it was just a matter of a bit of a lifestyle change I think and yeah you had your own changes you you're in your own life yeah so you Mm -hmm. had to modify your own screen time as well then in in order to do it with your children okay I see yeah yeah so is is there such a thing as educational material when it comes to technology or screen time with young children um so I think the answer to that is is yes, I think there's a lot of programs and and even apps on phones that have been designed to be educational for kids. I think I think the question comes down to is it developmentally appropriate for a child? So I think research has shown that under the age of two, 
even educational programs or, or programs that have been designed for young children have never actually been shown to be as good as real life and as good as um, interacting with a with a parent or another person. Um, I mean, baby Einstein was kind of the famous example. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I don't know all the details around baby Einstein, but I remember that was promoted as something educational for infants and babies were encouraged to sit in front of yes. the TV <laughs> and watch baby Einstein um, for um, certain amounts of day and it was mm-hmm. supposed to, you know, build their intellect. And, and then studies were actually done to look at that. And, and while I can't remember the details of the studies, I do remember that it was shown to not be beneficial exactly. and in yes. fact to maybe have negative impacts. So again, I think, yes, there can be educational TV, but I think the question is really, is it developmentally appropriate? And I think what we've learned is that under two, there hasn't been really any evidence that even quote educational programs are actually good for kids under two just because they're just not developmentally appropriate over Mm -hmm. two I think definitely there are um, educational programs and there is technology um, that has been developed that is is maybe educationally um, beneficial for kids but I think under two it's it's questionable and hasn't been shown to be beneficial for Mm -hmm. kids. And have any of the parents that you recommended cutting screen time with their children, have they ever mentioned that they've seen a difference in their child? Yeah, I've had some really um, interesting examples, actually. I remember one mom, I believe the child was two when I had discussed it with her, but she had had lots of struggles. So she said when he turned 18 months, she really just found he was difficult. She found he threw lots of temper tantrums, really a tough kid, um, really had a hard time understanding what he wanted. He seemed to just get frustrated when he didn't get what he wanted, and she had a hard time knowing what that was. She just found when he was um, from 18 months on, she found his behavior quite difficult. And when I saw her, I remember he was two, and she said, like, he's, like, in this terrible twos phase, and she just found it so overwhelming. She said, he's, you know, he started this terrible twos early, and she was really struggling a lot. And so when I talked about TV with her, she, again, she, um, which I sympathize with, but she said, like she found she was increasing the amount of screen time with him because it was the only thing that calmed him down is what she told me and mm-hmm. and because of his age and because he had been watching at that point it was up to a couple hours a day already by two because that was the tool she had been using to control his behavior for almost six months at that point and and so we had a long discussion and I gave her lots of suggestions and I and I challenged her I said you know maybe cutting out the TV would be something you should try. And and I had done some reading at that point too about um, watching TV at a young age when it's used as a tool for like for behavior control or emotional regulation um, can have a negative impact. And so we, we talked about that at that visit and I encouraged her to try to cut it out for a few weeks. And it was quite remarkable actually. She came in a couple weeks later and she said, you have no idea how different he is. She said he's really a different child. And it was actually surprising to me. I mean, she, she was so impressed by the behavioral change in him. And I think it was probably a combination of him not being overstimulated by the TV all the time. But the mom said it really forced her to spend more quality time with him because she didn't have that, um, Mm. you know, that TV time to, control his behavior so uh, you know again I think for her anyway 
um, it was really a, a very positive outcome. And I've had a few other kids in that situation. She was definitely the most, or he was definitely the most like dramatic mm-hmm. um, story. But I definitely have parents told me or tell me, sorry, that when they decreased or cut out screen time for their kid, that they saw you know an improvement in the in the child's demeanor or behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me um, about screen time and young children. And I really appreciate your time. Of course. Thank you for asking me. It was really, yeah, it was really neat to have this conversation with you. Thanks so much. So I'd like to really emphasize the point um, from Dr. Kennedy's conversation that children really should not be watching any TV or having any screen time before the age of two. And the reason why is because there are lots of flashing lights when you're looking at a screen or watching a TV show. Think about when you're walking at night and you look into someone's living room and you can see the flashes of light if they're watching television. Now, a child or a baby is seeing these flashes of lights, whether it's daytime or nighttime. And these flashes of lights or these scene changes, which is what causes the flash of light, is overstimulating for the brain. And when a baby's brain is overstimulated for um, a long duration, so many years because of watching TV over and over again or watching a screen, researchers are warning that this might cause um, some attentional problems later on when they start school. So there was a study that looked at uh, exactly this. So children who watched excessive TV um, around the ages of two or three and excessive TV is over one hour per day, they saw or they, they, they noticed that these children by the age of seven, when they were assessed for their attention skills, had many attentional problems. Now, again, when it comes to research, we're always talking about correlation. So we're not saying that there's a direct cause. But when researchers are looking at large numbers of students, they're seeing that there are higher levels of attentional problems in those who had more hours of TV as young children. When we are preparing dinner, for example, this is really when we want our children to be busy. We could either have a child watch television or we can include them with us. I've been including my children since they were about 18 months in the kitchen. I've noticed that there are ways that we can do this. There are toddler knives. If you search this on Amazon, you'll find these plastic knives that you you can that a toddler could use without cutting themselves and they can cut um, vegetables that are soft or um, some fruit you they could even cut uh, boiled eggs so it's really a special knife for them that they can use with you in the kitchen I also have with me in the kitchen if you have space I have a small IKEA child's table so that they can have something at their height um, this is also following a bit of the Montessori um, type of of education where everything is accessible to a child and if you are cleaning you can give them little tasks so that they can follow you and like I mentioned to Dr. Kennedy I like giving my children a little bottle of water or half water and half vinegar and um, a microfiber cloth so that they can wash the windows while I get some other cleaning done or they can find matching pairs of socks from the clean laundry while I fold other clothes. So there really are ways to include them. If you want them to do something else, there are sensory bins that you can use. This is when you take a large storage container and you put some sort of sensory material inside. So you can put, depending on the age of the child, so if it's a very young child under the age of two, you could put just a little bit of water in it. You can put some dried 
um, oats. You can also put some Cheerios in this bin and give them some measuring cups, some measuring spoons, one or two bowls or a wooden spoon or ladle. And this becomes an activity for them. So you take it out right before you start making dinner and they'll stay entertained for a few minutes, long enough, hopefully, for you to um, get your dinner done. Another tip that I've noticed that helps kids stay entertained, especially when you're preparing dinner, is to play with them for about 15 minutes and then um, let them be and move away to get your dinner done. That really helps them focus on something or let's say you're you're playing pretend and you're playing doctor or restaurant or veterinarian you get it started you play with them you can be the patient or the doctor and then you give them their stuffed animals and you include those and you tell them i'm just going to step away for a few minutes to get a dinner started um i'll let you continue playing i've noticed that that really helped a lot with my own children there's also something called an invitation to play where you could take a bin or a tray and Take some animals, if they have some animal figurines. You can even use little people where you have those little people figurines and you even have the farm. Anything that's um, an animal or um, a little person and you put them again in that bin that you have. You can include a few little Cheerios, again your, your scoops, your bowls, your ladles and create a little world for them, I put a little bowl and tell them that they are feeding the animals so they have to put some Cheerios in that bowl and then they use their little animals and this really helps to focus them in on uh, an activity that they need to do. So if you're not including them with you, you can prepare a small activity that literally takes one or two minutes to set up. If you search the name Dr. Dimitri Christakis on YouTube, you'll find a video of him um, talking about um, media and and young children and what he also urges he, he describes his research and he also explains that every hour of tv that a child watches takes away from important developmentally appropriate activities such as playing with building blocks or puzzles or serve and return with babies so that serve and return is when a baby coos or smiles or looks at you if you miss too many of those moments you're not returning what they're giving you and that's helping them it should be helping them develop their social skills. So you really want to um, keep in mind that every uh, time that we're putting them in front of a, t of a television or a screen, we're not having a conversation with them. We are not um, playing with them. And this is what um, researchers are also urging against, that they need a lot of this for their development. My next guest is Brianne, the mother of a two-year-old who bravely accepted a one-week Media Free Challenge. And Brianne, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. You're welcome. Hi. <laughs> Hi. So can you tell us um, what the screen time habits were in your household before taking this challenge? Sure. Um, we, I was allowing my daughter to watch up to two hours um, a night um, or throughout the day, total of two hours. Mm -hmm. um, and and um, that was the reason was because my husband was working nights and I had a newborn baby at home and I used it as almost a babysitting tool to help give me some downtime or to focus on the baby. And I guess to, you know, to I guess, prepare dinner, right? I mean, <laughs> those yeah, are the challenging yeah, the times. <laughs> dinner. Yeah, yeah. And had you ever heard of any of the restrictions or the recommendations in terms of screen time with children? 
I hadn't heard exactly what there were. I knew there was something out there, and I obviously I think I just knew from growing up. My parents didn't allow me to watch a lot of television, so from the values that I had growing up, um, I I knew that my daughter shouldn't be watching that much. But mm. I was just so exhausted that I didn't know, yeah. or I <laughs> didn't know how to stop it. And what about outside the house? Do you ever um, use your iPhone or your smartphone to show videos during, let's say, while you're waiting for a doctor's appointment or you're at the restaurant? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I was doing that um, when I was pregnant with my second child. <laughs> um, we would we would do that on the way to doctor's appointments or just to keep my daughter quiet mm -hmm. um, during doctor appointments. I would do that or to keep her quiet in restaurants or business meetings that we had which is I think what we they're the challenging moments that when we have to try to keep them either quiet or they you know they're they're tired and something happens and they start crying we it, they're easy ways to to get them to calm down I guess at some point or to keep them busy while we clean or we cook <laughs> which is yeah. fine yeah I think that's what that's the that's what we all end up you know going towards in terms of when to use screen time and so, yeah it would hear a meltdown too yeah yeah i could get her to stop throwing a tantrum within a minute yeah or a <laughs> so tell me what happened during your one week media free challenge um i was really surprised because she didn't ask um she had been asking for um netflix every single day Um, but the first day we started the challenge, she didn't even ask for TV, which kind of surprised mm -hmm. me. But I, but I found that um, my husband and I both were more intentional with spending time with her um, and spending time on our family um, versus doing other things. And that just really helped um, innately with her being focused on other things versus the TV, so she didn't want to watch TV because she had other things going on mm -hmm. instead of something to babysit her. Did you prepare activities, or did you allow her to be bored to figure things out? Both. We, mm -hmm. um, well, I specifically had activities lined up for her, which made me focus on, you know, what was good for her mm -hmm. and brain activities, but also allowing her time to be bored, too. It's really was really good um she's learned how to pretend play um through that exercise which i think is really important mm -hmm. and she's just learned how to do that recently wow. um, she has pretend friends now <laughs> and she also um loves to just interact with her dolls a lot more too and has that did that continue after the one week challenge The pretend and, play? Yes, and yeah, and being bored, like allowing her to be bored and whatever you applied yeah. that week, did you keep applying certain things that you did? Yeah, yep. Mm -hmm. um, so intentional with coming up with activities for her, but um, allowing her to be bored as well. Mm -hmm. I sometimes feel a little bit guilty about the allowing her to feel bored. I feel like I should be doing something with her and I just have to sit back and realize that it's okay. What would be your um, the main points you'd like to, to highlight in terms of what you learned during that week or even observations that you had with, in terms of your daughter? So I guess you mentioned the pretend play. Was there anything else? Yeah, um, aside from the pretend play, aside from being intentional with coming up with activities for her, is also, um, I think, the most important thing in terms of her um, 
ability to self-regulate a little bit better. She was throwing pretty bad tantrums when we would take the TV or the Netflix. It's the only thing mm-hmm. that we really let her watch. Um, when we would take it away from her, she would have a really hard time with that. Mm-hmm. And she does a lot better now without that. And do you have um, any advice for parents that have not reduced or feel that it's um, it's impossible in a sense to reduce or minimize um, media in children under two or around? I think that once you are intentional about it, of breaking the habit at the beginning, um, and then start to incorporate it into your everyday life, it becomes easier, just the initial, mm-hmm. I think, shock or first week or however long it takes to detox it out of Mm -hmm. both the parents and the child well thank you so much for taking the time to talk about your experience and i hope that your experience gives other people hope in terms of trying to find activities and knowing that there are possibilities in terms of keeping them entertained and busy other than you know using television or screen time yeah no problem thank you for your website it's very helpful (laughs) thank you um, like it a lot thank you (laughs) thank you so much That's it for this week's episode. If you have any questions, visit our website at CuriousNeuron.com and click on contact to send me an email. Come follow us on Facebook or Instagram and see some of our Instagram live events, get quizzed on our stories, and get some activity ideas for children ages 0 to 5. Let's end this off with a little quiz. True or false, are people left-brained or right-brained? Meaning that they either use the left rational and analytical half of the brain more or use the right creative half of the brain more often. Tune in to the next episode to get your answer. Until next time, stay curious.